Hello and welcome back to Podcasting's Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. Am I an official? Am I an official? Okay. I'm Lila. My pronouns are she and her. Apparently, I don't get to be introduced anymore. Yeah, yeah apparently, apparently, this isn't a guest spot with an introduction from a host anymore. Lila's. Yeah. Uh, would, it, would it be good to discuss that with David? I guess. Hey, David. Well, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to call it a, um, a, a visiting professorship or some shit. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, you've got tenure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, Jamie's got tenure. It does not help. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got tenure for everything but his Twitter account and correspondingly. <laughs> oh, he's got the Twitter account back now. It's yeah. all fine. Which for, one? For about three minutes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you say that, but actually, when it when it like went live again after and it came up, well, you you've, you've unlocked your account. It then immediately went to. You need to delete these two tweets we've locked your account. <laughs> <laughs> Never change, Jamie. Oh. Well, let's um let's just fucking let's just kick off with this shit, shall we? Uh it's it's a cultural committee, in case you hadn't noticed the uh slightly smaller cast and the generally um loose fucking nature of it so far uh we watched a dog shit film sorry well, i'm gonna rephrase that i made everyone watch a dog shit film yes why did you pick this film because i seen it and i had to share it <laughs> much in the same way as the protagonist of like an hp lovecraft story will be driven mad by the moon and then you know forced to foist his madness on others david has basically repeated that in a podcast yeah. format and we're about to spread it even further so i'm saw, simply I the lads the... whatsapp group to the isis beheading <laughs> video of this film <laughs> i saw the trailer for this um ages ago and the the bit in the trailer where the guy goes, oh, what would Elon? What would Elon Musk do? And I was like, yeah, we're gonna oh. end up watching this fucking piss on the podcast, aren't we? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's this is a spoiler, but that line, like, so David, Jamie, myself, and my partner Alex, who does some of the editing for Pod, hello Alex, um, like we watched it together, and when that line came up, the fucking howl of angry anguish I gave as like I contorted on the spot cannot be understated. This film is the embodiment of just this weird kind of sci-fi cringe i don't know like we need a new term for it frankly it's that bad it's like you know you know in fucking iron man 2 where fucking elon musk physically appeared on screen and got to you know exchange stuff with tony stark somehow this film manages to be worse for the inclusion of that line you've just quoted than the actual inclusion of elon fucking musk himself yeah, because in like he says, "What would Elon do?" and then he does some like clever science shit, which is categorically not what Elon would do. He was the wor- <laughs> fucking Samuel Tarley was the worst character in that film. Every second mm, he oh, was yeah. on screen, I wanted to kill him and myself. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. He absolutely sucked. It would have been better if he'd said, what would Elon do? And then just somehow inherited an emerald mine. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) 
what would Elon do? Call someone a pedo and then design a sub to go to the moon, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Spoilers, at least he got a hellish nightmare of a bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine being trapped in the time cube with your mother for all eternity. <laughs> cat with a shit pun name it was yeah <laughs> every, every yeah. fucking every day you wake up to it like oh, explain to me again how this time cube works <laughs> <laughs> cats on the blink again can you come over and adjust its projection field please <laughs> awful just downright dog shit of a film yeah awful. yeah yeah so i watched it this morning, it was the first thing I did when I woke up, which was <laughs> a brave and bold choice. <laughs> and because it was so bad, I was like, I know I'm going to want to live tweet this, but I can't because it'll spoil the content. So what I've done instead is just filled a Word document with unbelievably unhinged commentary. <laughs> which, if you like, can be shared when the post, when the podcast launches. Uh, we'll, we'll put that up as a, as a patron bonus, if I remember. Yeah. Just like the, the, the ravings of Lila's descent into Moonstruck Madness. Yeah, a lot of it doesn't make any sense unless you're watching it in tandem with the film. Think of it as like a extended edition director's commentary track. <laughs> One of our patrons, if you convert it to subtitles to go along with a release of the film. Uh, excellent. So, will we just talk through the film and then we can give our thoughts? Well, we'll just give our thoughts on it just now. It was shite. Um, yeah. But, it was like, so shite. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely one of the worst films I've ever seen by a long fucking margin. And I've seen films which were offensively bad, and this thing just surpasses them all. Yeah, I, w- like, I really did want to try. And, like, <laughs> genuinely, I don't really like this, like, the disaster film genre anyway. Like, it just isn't for me. So I was like, be open-minded. Go, like, give it a good go. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to just be angry just, like, w- whenever some action sequences happen. And, um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> it, didn't, that, it didn't work. That, that's exactly like me and sex scenes in films, Lila, because whenever a sex scene comes up, I'm always just, like, rolling my fucking eyes and, like, right, okay, we get it, move on. Um, <laughs> I, and, I don't know, it definitely feels like this imagine. Tra- Imagine how much worse the sex scenes would be if you were watching them while trapped in the time cube with your mom's ghost. <laughs> I mean, you you joke, but I genuinely think that character would be tugging himself raw at the thought of that, like the way he's written. There's a big hole in the moon and Samuel Tarly's going to fuck it. <laughs> From the inside out. Yeah, um, it takes a lot. Like, just, the concept of, listen, the moon is evil and is filled with aliens is <laughs> fucking dope. Like, that's yeah. a cool film. Yeah. How did they make it so bad? <laughs> like... <laughs> I think they did the wrong kind of disaster film is the short answer, basically. Like, so, okay, we'll, we'll get to the, what the film's actually about. You may notice we're kind of dodging it because it well, really no, is Well, no, like, Lila just explained it, the moon, moon's <laughs> evil. And full yeah, of no, aliens. Yeah, it's literally it's literally that moon's haunted tweet. Except yeah. like worse. Do you know what I mean? Oh, if it had been shit, an ast- if it sent an astronaut up with a gun, that would have been much more entertaining. Yeah, and like here's the thing: like genuinely, if they had done the alien invasion film as like the disaster rather than this fucking weird natural disaster 
like moonfall kind of nonsense i think it would have been a better film for it oh, yeah that was um, independence day by the same yeah director. that's the problem ba- yeah. basically yeah he's already done it so he had to try something new he, and, he uh, did in the parlance of uh, trent reznor peak years ago <sighs> yeah let's also not accuse him of trying anything here <laughs> well certainly his co-writers tried something and um we'll, we'll get to that in time should oh, we yeah. i don't know right shall i fucking set the premise here aye one thing I will okay. say about this film is it didn't annoy me as much as the first Suicide Squad film. You know, the one where that, that dipshit from House of Cards mm. narrates the whole film in real time. This doesn't have Margot Robbie being sexy in it, though, so I'm afraid you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. So that we're doing we're doing that thing where I read through Wikipedia again to keep us on track because genuinely we can't fucking remember. Like Lila watched it this morning and can't remember what the fuck happens in this film because it's that forgettable. Yeah. Um, like we ju- we just spent ages ripping on this one character and honestly, credit where credit's due, he sucks and is the only character that's memorable in the entire thing. Like I genuinely can't remember any other characters apart from that one guy and I hated him. So. Yeah. Terrible. What about the um? What about the divorced guy that like holds up the entire army at gunpoint? That's like three guys. There's like three guys in this film that had the same fucking plotline, and it's that they're divorced and sad about their kids. <laughs> and I could not keep track of which one was which. One yeah. of them's running about in the snow for ages. I'm like, who is he? I felt like the mum in the time cube, like, and I didn't have anyone to ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, so a little bit of explanation here because I d- I went and did some research. So this film, right, is directed by Roland Emmerich. It's written by Roland Emmerich, Harold Closer, and Spencer Cohen, and it's produced by Roland Emmerich and Harold Closer, right? So it's like, okay, those are interesting names. We know who Roland Emmerich is. What about the other two? Well, Spencer Cohen, he's just a, a screenwriter, and he worked on Extinction and Moonfall, so yay, great. Um, but Harold Closer's interesting. He's an Austrian film composer, as well as a producer and screenwriter. Um... And he won the BMI Film Music Award for his scores for Alien vs. Predator, which is, <laughs> you know, and The Day After Tomorrow. So he's worked with Emmerich before. On this one, he got to work on the script. And, um, spoilers, he's divorced. And I think that basically this guy's contribution to this film was just to bring a powerful divorced energy into the script and permeating all the way through it. As as you will come to understand, listener, because this this is a divorced film. This is a film about the moon and earth breaking up and getting back together again for the sake of the kids. Like it's 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 definitely something weird is going on here. So I like. I know everybody rags on Joss Whedon, right? But the dialogue in this film made Joss oh, Whedon seem so amazing. Bad. It was yeah. so bad. It was so <laughs> like literally every line. I just it, yeah. The only people that speak like this are very divorced Hollywood guys who have done loads of cocaine. Like my 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 working theory is that Roland Emmerich um, saw like the outline for the film and thought, yes, I can do that. But he made some tweaks to it himself, like, fine, whatever. I think Harold Closer was involved in it because they basically they saw it together. And Spencer Cohen um, wrote the script for Moonfall and then sold it, essentially. So I think he got in that way. And I think they basically looked at Spencer Cohen as like the young guy who like understands this modern kid dialogue kind of shit. And that's where that comes from. It's like, it's it's different styles kind of gelling together. Where like, the old guy's like, yes, we need some young guy who understands how to write these, like, Marvel-esque films. And what we've got is, 
to call it a bad impression of Joss Whedon would be fucking doing it credit, frankly. Yeah. I don't... I, like, there's some of the lines in that were just astonishing. I hope you've written them down, Lila, because my brain has fucking deleted them. Oh, from my well, insanity. I mean, spoiler, because oh, one of the unhinged bits in my notes that I took is just in all caps The moon is going to help us! Yes. And, then I've put, <laughs> and then I've put after that, I'm going to message David and tell him that I hate him. So. <laughs> <laughs> But you see, it's thematic because the moon, the moon is mutable and changeable and mysterious and sometimes it helps and sometimes it hinders. It's all mythological and yeah, let's get to the fucking plot summary. <laughs> so, um, all right, Moonfall. In 2011, flashback, astronauts Brian Harper, Jacinda Fowler and newcomer Marcus, no last name given, are on a space shuttle mission to repair a satellite. Okay. Um, a mysterious swarm of yeah, alien... To set the, to set the scene there, you, you'd recognise two of those people, but the one that didn't get a last name, you wouldn't. And like, Yeah. <laughs> it was entirely unsurprising when he was lost to the void two short minutes later. Yeah, exactly, right. Um, also, it opens with them having a fucking discussion over comms about blessing the rains down in Africa. Oh, and oh, that. It oh, opens with them that. literally singing it. Literally yeah. singing it. Mm, it's awful. I'd, I'd genuinely <laughs> forgotten about that bit at the end of the film where he like apologizes because he was wrong about the lyrics to that song. Yeah, <sighs> it does. Be, it, it, it here's the thing: is is really bad. You, you know how we watched um, what was the name of that other fucking film, The Gray Man? We watched yeah. that for a cultural <laughs> committee, and it does that thing where it's like, oh, we need to set all the violence and everything to music, and also we need to have like witty callbacks threaded throughout. It tries to do that. And manages it badly. Like everything this film tries to do is basically looking at another kind of pop culture success film and going, I can do that. And then utterly failing, like prat falling, not even, not failing to stick the landing, but just failing to get off the fucking ground, which is ironic given some of the stuff that happens in this film. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so they're, uh, they're on this mission to repair a satellite. They're mid repair. Two of them are doing a spacewalk. Um, just Jacinda is in the shuttle directing them. Brian's out and doing the spacewalk. A mysterious swarm of alien technology attacks the orbiter. Killing Marcus, so long, one name character, and knocking Fowler unconscious before tunneling into the surface of the moon. Harper, the only witness to the swarm, returns the crippled shuttle to Earth, but his story is dismissed and he's fired from NASA. Key point, by the way, I just, right, this is my first actual proper rant about this film. That guy landed a, a shuttle that had no power, and I, I looked into it after the fact because I thought so, and it's basically virtually impossible to do that. Because of the way the shuttle's designed. I'm just like, going to say it, this now. If yeah. at any point you are trying to apply physics to a fucking yeah. Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> yeah, also that is possible. I think Tommy Lee Jones does it in whatever that fucking film was where him and, uh, him and Clint Eastwood were astronauts. I, I looked into it and it can't be done because the, what do you call it, control flaps on the shuttle require power to move. Well, I, you, you're disagreeing with Tommy Lee Jones there. And he was an astronaut, I, so... Oh, I, well, maybe I need to go home and rethink my life. Um, <laughs> stop, stop selling the death sticks while I'm at it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so that that's basically the pre, like the setup to the film, and then it, it flash cuts to uh, his kid watching the fucking hearing. Yeah, on a laptop. Like it, it's it's ten years <laughs> like later. Like kids and do. It, kids can't yeah. get enough of the fucking twenty-four hour news. 
So basically, <laughs> this is the first divorced character you meet in the film is the first character in the film because it cuts to 10 years later and Brian Harper is now divorced and his kid is watching uh, like a news story about you know him being shit canned essentially. No, that was the same that was the same time because when they jumped to 10 years later his kids joyriding in the stolen oh, car. Oh shit, so do yeah, you know genuinely he's no longer I, fucking tuned into C-SPAN network for everything. Um, yeah. This is the first time I'm actually understanding who some of these characters are. So yeah. this is very helpful. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'm gonna be honest, Lila. I'm, I'm there with you. Um, I didn't actually know that there was a ten-year time jump. <laughs> this just is just thought... like um, this is just like Revenge of the Sith. The novelization's better than the film. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really candid here, um, and out myself and say that I only know there's a ten year time jump because the Wikipedia article starts with ten years later, comma. <laughs> so yeah, um, it doesn't even mention that bit, but what it says is ten years later, conspiracy theorist K.C. Houseman, which is a hell of a name, and tells you you're gonna be in for a really cookie time. Um, who believes K.C. Millhouse? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Is, I, also, I, is he meant to be American, or and did Samuel Tarley just be like, I can't do the voice? Like, what? No, what? I, I think they, I think he's meant to be British, American, okay. like naturalized British. Surely. But then, why is he called Casey? It's K dot C dot. That's even more American. <laughs> I mean, it, it, do you know what it is? It's a, Does he have a sunshine an, band? <laughs> It's uh, it's an American writer's idea of what an English geezer sound like, what a name would be like, based on like the names of English writers and books that he's bought. Do you know how they do that abbreviation thing? Because it makes like English writers more marketable to the American market. What you're saying is the characters are turf. Yeah. Yes. It literally, I was about to say it's the J.K. Rowlingization yeah, of, okay. of a name. So, anyway, he believes the moon is an artificial megastructure, and he secretly uses time on a research telescope. Um, and discovers the moon is veering closer to Earth. So also, he, he wants to fuck Elon Musk. That's a really yeah. important part. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, there's this whole interminable scene. Someone else, t- I can't just fucking... Like, the, bit, the, the, the bit where he gets the, the message and has the conversation with his cat and the thing with the litter tray. Someone else, just fucking spare me. Well, he pronounces NASA as NARSA at one point, yeah, which yeah. is intensely annoying. Um, Roland one-take Emmerich strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I commented on the NASA thing at the time. Like, <laughs> absolutely Big fucking baffling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he says that the moon is an evil bell, and uh, then what happens? He steals a mop from someone or something? Ah, uh, right, so there's this whole thing where... He, like, secretly fakes a phone call pretending to be some scientist guy and gets, like, a telescope to make measurements of the moon and then send them to his personal email account. And then he's sitting at home looking... No, sorry, he goes into work and gets the results on his phone and then runs home from work and checks them on his home computer. And then he's like, oh, what would Elon do? And meanwhile, his, his fucking cat, which is called... Fuzz Aldrin... Yeah, uh, Fuzz Aldrin um, decides to piss outside the litter box and pisses on a, a paper conveniently left on the floor because the guy's a bit of a hoarder and he's busy chastising Fuzz Aldrin by name um, when he lifts up... The, I'm sorry, I'm really not doing well with that. And, and lifts, he lifts up... 
he lifts up the newspaper covered in cat piss and goes to toss it in the bin when he sees a story about the disgraced astronaut Brian Harper and goes, Fuzz Aldrin, you're a genius! Because the cat took a piss on a newspaper that gave him an idea. And it's funnily fuzz. enough, that is actually the smartest um, like sentient decision made in this entire film. Yeah, I mean, there were many times I felt like it would be much smarter just to go to the bathroom and keep watching, mm-hmm. but here we are. Um, and yeah, and thus he hatches this plan to get the findings to Harper and uh, insert himself, crowbar himself into a plot which genuinely didn't need him. Like, everything would have more or less unfolded more or less the same way without this character in it. This no. whole film is like, it doesn't need to be over two hours long. They they Mm-mm. could have cut out two of the three divorced plot lines and it would have been. <laughs> and just had a lot more evil moon tentacles. Like, yeah, don't they... have a film where the moon is full of evil tentacles and only show that, like, two times. Yeah, they, they could have cut out two of the divorce plots and they could have cut out two of the car chases at that. And <laughs> yeah. it would have still... Like, it would have been a better film for it. it like, this this film, among its many flaws, a failure of editing definitely features. One of the um, only good things that it tried to add was a car chase. And again, yeah, it did it twice and fucked up both things, but at least yeah. it tried that. <laughs> God, what does that say? Like, you know, do it the first time, you fuck it badly. Like, it's okay, we'll make it up in the second goal. And then you do it again and fuck it even worse. Because honestly, the second car chase was worse than the first one. Um, (laughs) Actually, do you know what? I was just about to think there. The only thing missing from Independence Day was a car chase, really. But then I remember there basically was one on Independence Day, too, and it was terrible. So, yeah. Roland Emmerich just shouldn't do them. I mean, you could just abbreviate abbreviate that to Roland Emmerich shouldn't. And I'd be happy with that, frankly. Also, yes. I've never seen Independence Day. <laughs> like, I saw it in the cinema as a child, so I've got, like, obviously biased opinions on it. Because, you know, every, yeah. everything looks Jamie. fucking amazing when you see it for the first time, you know? Yeah. Uh, me and Jamie won't be talking about it. We've already done that. There's an episode due to come out soon um, with us and Com Radio to talk yeah. about both Independence Day films, so look forward to that when it finally comes out. Um, oh, fucking roller in the month. I hate this. I hate this so much. <laughs> well, it is July. Wait. Anyway. No. Um. Okay. So. And I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's unfair to say that the the film would have worked without like the fucking Game of Thrones lad. Because like, if he wasn't there to tell NASA that the moon was getting closer, how would they have known? Well, this is the thing. The very next line in the Wikipedia article is NASA also discovers the anomaly because, of course, they fucking do. (laughs) Like, you know, know, NASA missing orbital mechanics is, you know, just hand in your space. I don't know, what does an astronaut wear? Like space spurs, something like that? Anyway, fuck it. A suit. Um, Space suit. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, At that point, Houseman goes public on social media and causes a global panic, so there's his contribution to the film. Uh, fuck, which, fuck off, by the way, like, if Robert Zanz sees this film, he will lose his fucking mind. <laughs> you can't just post some mad shit and expect numbers. <laughs> to be honest, right, I, I won't I, hear I, any Zanz slander, thank you very much. I, 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 no, I'm with Zanz on this one. <laughs> I, I genuinely wonder if the missing subtext of this is a bunch of, like, amateur astronomers and, like, you know, um, telescope botherers noticing the moon looks weird and then they find, like, you know, that would be the through thread because there's no what, way the moon can move. What and, would like, have been funnier is if, like, you, you posted a fucking, do you know what I mean, a thing about how the moon's getting closer and then Alan Sugar, like, rang NASA to ask <laughs> if it was real. <laughs> Uh, 
so anyway, so Fowler, meanwhile, Jacinda Fowler, the uh, woman who was in the spacecraft at the beginning. Is um, that Halle Berry? It is, yes. yes. Okay. She had all the best lines in the film. Every single line that was funny was delivered by her character with like a deep sincerity that made it even more of a funny line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she's now NASA's deputy director and they launch a um, SLS Block 2, which stands for Space Launch System um, spacecraft to investigate the abnormalities, says Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, Rare flourish there. Um, so at this point, the same Thank alien. You. <laughs> <laughs> As... Nah, hang on. Don't 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 defame Scott Rail's voice announcer by suggesting of a voice of Wikipedia. The voice of Wikipedia is far more nasally and far less laid. Anyway, we apologize um... for the inconvenience caused. You're welcome. The same. So so here's the thing. They launch this spacecraft. The same alien swarm attacks it and kills all the lunar astronauts on it. And admittedly, one of the cool little bit of CGI's in the entire film is only a few. That one was quite good. Um, yeah, moon tentacles. Yeah, and they are uh, not before they drop a probe into a kilometers deep artificial shaft that's opened up on the moon's surface. Basically, they go up, they drop the probe in. You get this little diagram of the probe falling, and then it mysteriously stops, and then rapidly starts coming back to them. And oh no, what could it be? It's moon tentacles. They all die horribly, and we get video of it, and we get to see, you know, v- v- NASA gets to see what the threat looks like. So, so basically, like, at this point, job done, right? NASA have been made aware of a threat, and they're going to do something about it. And um, my. Know, uh... My favorite bit, and I think, I think it's my second favorite bit in the whole film, is when they're like in NASA at the start, mm-hmm. and uh, Halle Berry says, "Like, oh, the moon's entered an elliptical orbit," and her boss <laughs> goes, "What does that mean?" And it's like, "Fuck off! Aren't you like the king of NASA or some shit?" <laughs> but, oh, the annoying part of that is, Jamie, they have him make a fucking line about politics right after, like you know, he's got other skills he brings or something, and it's just it's a cat-handed attempt to kind of clue the audience in and i fucking hate it it's like you know don't don't talk down to the audience over things i can you know there's moments where you show don't tell and this script has an awful lot of tell the only thing it shows over disasters and everything else it like spoon feeds you i hate it it tells you what a mega structure is about fucking nine times and each time it never actually gives you the proper fucking explanation of it i know i was (sighs) working up to that one um so yeah so Basically, as the lunar orbit deteriorates due to its elliptical orbital change, uh, the moon falls closer and closer to Earth, which causes seismic and gravitational disturbances. Oh. And th- that's it. Do we get the news broadcast now? Uh, oh, the best, the one where, uh, what's the exact line? Oh, yo, uh, here you go. I have the exact line. <laughs> yes, please. hopeful of NASA's lunar mission as frantic shoppers continue to stockpile supplies as mounting moon terror fuels the mass migration <laughs> out of metropolitan areas. <laughs> I didn't even mean that line. <laughs> oh, I know what line you meant. You meant this one. Civilization has already taken a serious nosedive. Looting has become a favourite pastime in the United Kingdom. <laughs> that was where my disbelief stopped being suspended. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's the fucking tone of that as well. It's like, it's almost laughable when she says it. Looting has become a favourite pastime in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Uh, oh. Somebody send the army in. 
send some stout lads in to yeet the moon and we'll all be fine. Yeah, Keir Starmer giving you 10 years in jail for moon terror. <laughs> Prevents new moon unit. <laughs> ah, just now picturing like Keir Starmer giving a speech on these events and someone shouting he's a moon nonce at him. Like, uh, that would be a much better film. But anyway, we're stuck with a shit one instead. So, um, so yeah, there's like this whole press conference. It's, I barely remember it apart from those lines. Um, and basically at this point, the, uh, the head of NASA decides to go, nope, I'm out, bye, and fucking leaves. And he makes Fowler de facto acting director of NASA. God, I don't um, remember any of this. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, because none of it was of any fucking consequence consequence no it's like we need to do world building and it's like oh yeah that's what this film needs um so anyway uh here's where like so the setup of the film is basically as the moon gets closer gravity fucks things up on earth that's like the the natural disaster kind of portion of it but again see david's earlier comment on physics because they do not apply um so anyway, to the actual fucking mandatory, like, you know, world building they have to do that will, be, you know, surely bear fruit come sequels. Um, Fowler goes to, like, Area 51 point B, you know, um, to where NASA locks up the space secrets and the space arc of the Covenant um, and uses the idea of a director to get in. Um and she meets uh, a former NASA official whose job is now to guard the like moon Ark of the Covenant, essentially, named Holdenfield. Uh, uh, not who... just any fucking he this bit is the this is the worst crime that the film does. And the only reason that I fucking watched this film is because I thought that Donald Sutherland was gonna be in it properly. <laughs> and he is on screen for like less than two seconds. He's got the good grace to go and shoot himself right after the scene, though. Yeah, so. no, his, 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 absolute in, crime. his introduction is polishing a gun and laying out a single bullet, getting ready to kill himself, and then he delivers lines, and then he goes off, presumably, to kill himself, as, you know, art imitates life. Absolutely anyway. awful. I started inventing my own film in my head, where Donald Sutherland <laughs> and the moon teamed up and killed everyone, and I was, I was having fun for about five minutes. Oh, could you imagine if Donald Sutherland was a villain of this? It would be so much yes, better. That's what I'm saying. I imagined that for more than I watched the actual film. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, he reveals that. Imagine Harper... the uh, imagine oh, the suit he'd have to wear so they could like put in the, the tentacle CGI afterwards. <laughs> Uh, don't give me good Donald Sutherland tentacle visions. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, James. I just, I, I've got the phrase, there is a spectre haunting the moon. It is tentacles in my head now, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. An anyway, operational uh, incident. <laughs> so, um... Right, he reveals that Harper, who's managed to single-handedly, superhumanly lie, land this um, fucking shuttlecraft without any power, he, he, he reveals that he was intentionally discredited as part of a NASA cover-up that dates back to Apollo 11. And uh, so here's a little bit of historical fact. During the first moon landing, there was a two-minute radio blackout um, where basically they lost you know, contact with a lander. In the film, they explained that it was intentional uh, to cover up evidence they'd discovered that the moon is hollow. <gasps> and um, 
you know, basically the, the, there is a swarm on the moon. This is the first of the film's plot holes, by the way. We'll get back to it later. There is a killer swarm. I don't swarm. think it's the first. Well, it's, it's, the first, <laughs> it's the first point where it contradicts itself. Um, so they, they discover this, uh, you know, killer swarm on the moon. And um, the military start building an EMP device to kill the swarm, but then abandon it for budgetary reasons. Shrug. Anyway. Um, and, and that's like something. Sort of a weapon of that scale, the US government just went, we don't need that. Come on. <laughs> Fuck that. I, that could I mean, be better mo- spent elsewhere. And uh, like the, the most like you know immersion defying part of this is America was building a weapon and then decided not to pour more b- bad money after good basically. Yeah, um, F-35s just sitting there shrugging like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I could uh, absolutely co- believe though if like if the world was going to end like do you know what I mean the American military could be building something that would like prevent the end of the world and then just run out of money because they they didn't like shelve the the project to bomb every wedding in the middle east at the same time i'm coming around to it now you're talking me around anyway um so that's like that that's a bit of the background so basically this is where we get introduced to fucking um you know divorce plot line number two because she contacts her ex-husband who you discover is the air force chief of staff named doug davidson um and she re- had basically no rec- fucking idea that cunt had a name the entire film. Yeah, I know, right? No, um, it, I was just calling his... him Mister Nuke the Moon. <laughs> yeah, it's on his um, it's on his lapel, uh, which is how you know his last name. And then she calls him Doug. So there you go. Anyway, oh. so she requisitions the EMP, and um, they decide they're gonna get the retired space shuttle Endeavor from a museum. Um, to use to serve as the new, like you know, basis for the new mission they're going to do to get the EMP to the moon and save the world, right? Um, which has one of the minor little like, okay, the writing here doesn't completely fucking suck, except it does in every other way. Um, when they go to get the space shuttle from the um, museum, it's been broken into, it's covered in graffiti, and someone has written "fuck the moon" on the space shuttle. <laughs> and I, I, I actually looked at that and went, that's kind of cool. In a better film, that would be a really nice, like, gossamer-like touch way to explain how the front of the space shuttle that's going to fuck the moon has that <laughs> written on it. But uh, sadly, that's, you know, it's like pearls before nice, swine in this film. It's a nice homage to the Soviet space shuttle, which is covered in graffiti and probably does actually say fuck the moon on it. Yeah, it probably does. Actually. I mean, I, I just thought the space shuttle just looked like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know how they used to paint like women on the front of bombers in World War Two? I thought that was NASA's equivalent. <laughs> uh, Na- NASA squ- uh, flying squadron A, fuck the moon, love it. Okay, um, so the idea is they're going to correct the moon's orbit and destroy the swarm. Um, and the, the Wikipedia article completely fucking elides. It doesn't even mention. This is, my God, the fucking Wikipedia writer for this film is phoning it in. Like, that's how bad this, <laughs> I, I'm not joking. There's an entire section of plot is just skipped in this. Um, it's because there's too much plot. <laughs> I'm just, what, how bad does your film have to be for the Wikipedia nerd to be like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll just get through this. Like, fuck me. So there's no explanation. It just immediately cuts to how how per, uh, Harper, Houseman, and Fowler launch with the EMP, and just misses all the rest of it. So like, someone want to pick up the bridge here? How does what what happens with Harper and Houseman, and how do they get dragged uh, it into was, this it mess? It was great as well because it's like they they're getting ready to launch the space shuttle, and then the fucking the the gravity 
like mutates and the crane loading the thing onto the shuttle bumps the, one of the, the engines at the back mm-hmm. and then they're like oh we'll never be able to take off now so everyone get on this 747 and leave and so the, they're left with just like fucking the three of them and a couple of like NASA nerds and then they uh, decide that they can launch anyway because like your fucking man says the moon will help them because it's so close <laughs> now that they just have to get like a little bit off the ground and then they'll get pulled into the moon, which like, you know, would famously have more gravity than the earth, which is much smaller than the moon. I, I think uh, like, okay, no, I'm not even going to discuss physics. Fuck it. This film doesn't deserve it. No, so it, Roland um, Emmerich doesn't believe in physics. Yeah. Okay. But you get that you get that great bit where they like they decide they're going to take off, and it, 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 it one of the things that annoyed me most about the film is they've got like the three fucking booster rockets on the shuttle, <laughs> and for plot reasons, one of them isn't a booster rocket, and they actually take off under the power of the other two, and the engines on the back of the shuttle itself. Oh, it's so dog shit. Um, but then you get the bit where like the NASA nerds are evacuating in the helicopter, which flies the long way around so that it can get hit by a fucking wave. Yeah, and they're, everyone's is, um, everyone's kids like get out of the car they're in to watch the fucking shuttle take off, and then are surprised that the waves keeps coming towards oh, them. Man, we we need to. There's like multiple subplots we left hanging here, so let's let's get some things. Oh, through. First I mean, of all, I want to call out the one good visual shot, like genuinely good visual shot in the entire film, which is the NASA nerds. Uh, there's two of them are left in the control room to help with the launch, and they're waiting on the moon coming around. And as they're sitting there, they just kind of look as the, the wheelie chairs that are in the room start sliding back horizontally across the floor as the moon's rising and it's like pulling the gravity. It's the sole good shot in the film. The only one where I was like, oh, that's good. That is another thing which would be really nice in a better film and is just lost here. It's just completely wasted. The other thing is that there's an entire fucking kid plot arc in this film. Oh, there's like, loads uh, of them. There's loads of I, those as well. They've got, they've got one of the kids from Stranger Things, one of the actors from that is in, phoning it in, and like, hero, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's like, I am here for the paycheck, and I'm going to do the dog bare minimum that I have to, to get through this turd of a script, and um, yeah, he, he gives the film exactly what it deserves, and uh, basically, um, he's the grown-up version of a little kid, and we're first introduced to him when he's been arrested for speeding on a fucking like um interstate highway in california and he gets locked in prison and his dad like is like okay i'll help you nasa but only if you get my son out of there and they're like uh, all right fine basically um yeah that was become- that was incredible that like i love i love how um like modern screenwriters always have to make stakes personal do you know what i mean it's like oh yeah, the we moon's were- about to crash into the earth and kill literally everyone and everything on the planet by destroying the planet itself. Well, I'll help you, but only if you let my son off with these parking tickets. It's like <laughs> yeah, all right. We were, I was saying this repeatedly during I was a world where this, my we- son is convicted for joyriding is not a world that I wish to save. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's also there's like multiple points during it where the characters are just incredibly stupid. Where it's like, um, well, we could try this. But it probably won't work, so let's not bother. And it's yeah. like, motherfucker! If also, you do I want to. Um, the world ends, so you might as well fucking try it. Like, I want to give a shout out to the, the what is my favorite fucking incident of this phenomenon of all time, which is in Tenet, 
where they're doing the big sort of like plot dump and the guy's explaining that like if the fucking if Kenneth Branagh like makes time go backwards then the whole world will destroy like be destroyed and the fucking the, the woman in that like basically says but that's where my child lives do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's fucking incredible well you know they have to they not not to like turn this into a marxist session but they have to put that in mainstream capitalist cinema because otherwise people <laughs> will know too much about solidarity and uh, yeah. yeah we won't <laughs> We won't continue to be individualist consumerist swine. Yeah. yeah, everyone has to be motivated by purely personal reasons. Like, and if you're doing something for the greater good, it has to be purely through the lens of how you will be profiting in the aftermath of it. That's yeah. it's, it's just its doctrine is decided. Because, well, if your reward is you get to live in the hologram box with your mother forever, then obviously. <laughs> yeah. I'm just picturing Bruce Banner explaining with like a, a flip chart to the Avengers that Thanos is going to destroy all of space time. And like there's a couple of them whispering in the back row and going like, no, yeah, that is where we live. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I only occupy one of those two dimensional constructs. Um See, see, we're talking about all these subplots with the kids. Which, uh, which one of them is the Stranger Things kid? Oh, he's the older one who's was done joyriding. The no. one with long hair, right? Yeah. I've never watched Stranger Things because I watched one episode and hated it. Is he not? I'm sure he is. <laughs> no, he's not. None of them are. They're not the Stranger Things kids. No, none of them. I could are. have sworn one of them did, was. Did you accidentally watch Stranger Things instead? No. Like, hang on a minute. Hang on a fucking minute. Um, where's the where's the Wikipedia link on this the starring bit? Um, Cast. Uh, what's the kid called? What's his character name? It'll be something. What was his dad called? Harper. There's somebody in it called Frank Sharpian, which is an amazing name. That's incredible. As General (laughs) Jenkins. Yeah, that's that is literally spelt Scorpion, but with an H in it. I thought Charles, like, okay, I am getting mixed up because, um, so where am I mixing him up from? It's, it's Charlie Plummer, um, is playing the, uh, what you call it, kid, essentially. Um, and I'm just looking to see what have I seen him in that I'm mixing up with Stranger Things, then. I've not seen this kid in anything. I don't recognise any of these items. I've definitely seen him in, I've seen him in Boardwalk Empire. That's where my fucking brain has gotten mixed up from. Very okay, similar cool. to Stranger Things, yeah. I hear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it, you, you have to understand, it's a period piece, and that's how my brain has filed it. <laughs> Look, what can I say? I don't pay attention to kids, unlike some people. Anyway, um, yeah, there's, there's, so there's this whole fucking plot line where he's like, uh, unless you bust my son out of jail and drop the charges, and separately, like, um, the kid of the general is with the uh, mother who's, like, you know, the now head of NASA, and so basically there's this whole thing where they're going to get on a helicopter and go to, like, the secret government bunker where they'll be safe, but they fuck around and don't get on the helicopter and instead have to do a cross-country, like, drive, essentially, which is where the kid being able to drive has been established by his criminal near-do-well ways at the start of the film, um, will come in handy as he does a bunch of car chases. I thought kids could drive in America anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's showing, like, he's a tearaway and he'll be good in, like, high-speed chases. 
I didn't pay attention to any of the bits that were the kids just like running around in the snow. That was my Twitter time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're missing very little. There's a couple of bits towards the end of it which are worth comment, but mostly it's just, you know, kids do a fuck around, you know, driving across country to try and reach the bunker. And you get that amazing bit with, uh, with what's his face? You know, Ant-Man's mate. I can't remember his name. Uh, but like the guy who's like the, the, the kid's stepdad now. Yeah. They, they have to steal the oxygen masks. Yeah, so okay, let's 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 follow this particularly dumb plot thread because again, it doesn't actually Mace matter. Opinion. That's ah, yeah. We'll follow this plot thread because it doesn't actually change the outcome of the film in any way. It's just for high stakes drama back on Earth to make the things that are happening in space seem like they've got a point. Um, basically, like so, the kids miss the helicopter to the bunker, so they get in a fucking Humvee, drive up to the top of the, like, you know, um, hillside next to the base, stop, get out, and watch the waves crash over the base, so that we get a nice panoramic view of um, all of the the base being destroyed by tidal forces, because it's the moon, don't you know? And then they go, oh shit, that's getting a bit close, and get back in the Humvee and drive away, and then do cross-country across the mountains to get to Colorado, which we actually looked this up in real time during the film, and realised it was like a 16-hour fucking drive, using the most direct route so it doesn't actually in the timescales the film itself sets it doesn't make any sense but then you know what is distance if not another like sub-dimension of physics so i guess we don't care about that either yeah Um, on the the subject of tidal forces would they not affect like people as well would you like all your piss not come up come out your ears or something if the moon (laughs) got that close Uh, uh, yes that's definitely what would happen exactly what happened to neil armstrong yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think you'll I think you'll find it happened to Piz Aldrin or whatever he fucking was called. What was oh again? no. Anyway. It's uh yeah, Imagine it's, if it's... that was why his cat pissed, because the moon got too close. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a better film, honestly. Yeah. If it was just like a really if it was like a David Cronenberg body horror extravaganza <laughs> with fluids everywhere. Yeah. And a and a moon tentacle monster with sexy Donald Sutherland as its second in command. <laughs> Why Don, does nobody Donald ever Sutherland give me money the, to make films? Donald Sutherland is the cat piss sorcerer. It's yes. like taking over the world by having cats fill everything with piss. But this discussion of, of like piss tentacles, uh, you know, using the moon to fuck up the earth is definitely, I don't know, man, this is going in directions I wasn't anticipating, but I probably should have known better. But it's the uh, after dark crew. What do you want? Yeah. I know, right? It's not quite after dark, but it's certainly post moonrise, sure. Yeah. Um, how yeah. would how would tidal forces affect looping? <laughs> Spiraling ever closer to the perfect concentrate. Anyway, um, so yeah, so they they basically decide they're going to go cross country, but they're not going to make it all the way. So instead, they catch up with um, the kids, uh, the racer kids' mother who is with his stepdad um, at some fucking hunting lodge kind of thing. Um, it, like in the Colorado Rockies, I think it is. Yeah, because he, he establishes when they're, they're in, like when he when the kid gets arrested and like the news is saying that society's oh, going like, yeah. to collapse because everyone's looting in England, then uh, he says they'd better go to Aspen. Yeah. So they basically drive to Aspen, Colorado and... You know, because it's on the way to the Colorado base, essentially, and we're like, well, we'll need to stop in there 
you know to get fam to get my mom or to to like you know get some supplies or whatever then no, there's this they, whole they, thing they stop in there because the car the, they, they were just going to drive to the like the nuclear bunker oh, yeah, and, and just abandon his like mom but they get carjacked by like the the, the yeah, stupidest so, like heist ever you know what i mean yeah i know like they, they basically get they get carjacked and then this opens into a subplot of like the world's dumbest criminals volume 10 it decides to like cut in as we're doing this and that's what leads to not one but two car chases um we will spare you there's nothing of interest happens in any of it uh but basically it does what lead about to... that bit where the car like because of the the moon helping it the car does a jump across some rocks <laughs> yeah it doesn't just it's not just that it jumps a canyon it jumps a canyon lands on a bit of suspended land you know that's like floating there and then ramps off of that onto the other side while the pursuing car just crashes into that bit of rock yeah and canyon arrow shit <laughs> like it's looney tunes physics turned up to 11 because none of that like you know if it's if the gravity is suspect i'm not i'm doing it again david i'm sorry yep. i'm sorry I'm sorry. We, we, this 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 film does not deserve a lava rant, and that's all I have to say. So, um, oh, Roland Emmerich should make a film about a volcano. He would absolutely <laughs> fucking destroy that shit. It would be amazing. He kind of did in 2012. It was the whole Yellowstone bit. Like there was yeah. some volcano action in that. Yeah, but I want to see Emm- like I want to see someone like fucking. Do you know what I mean? Like just scoop up lava and put it in their car to make it go faster or something. <laughs> cool though i feel like where a lot of this film lost me and became incredibly boring is because people kept trying to explain what was happening and like yeah. i don't care the moon's evil like just do some fun stuff yeah if <laughs> they just if, if they just established that like a wizard was doing all of this shit i'd have had no problems with the film whatsoever yeah exactly yeah. i think i think part of the problem is this could have been a good bad film if they'd wanted to make it a good bad film but they wanted yep. to make it a good film and that was a problem from the start yeah yet another yeah. film that could have been saved by the simple addition of skeletal yeah, yeah. i think yeah. they just i think they deliberately made this as shit as possible like wasn't there some interview where fucking game of thrones guy was saying if they get to make a sequel it's going to be even more batshit insane like you don't say that if your film's like if you think your film's good. I think they tried to make a good film and then they knew they had a stinker and they're like, "What do we do with it?" And then they tried to PR salvage it. Like, I don't know. I think they should let Roland Emmerich do a Fast and Furious film. Is this? The- <laughs> is- <laughs> they'd have a they'd have a fucking car chase, which was actually with like a fucking st- like they combine the two. Do your do your Fast and Furious meets like your you know volcano kind of thing, and have them scoop up lava and put it into like a fucking steam engine train to drive it to go faster. Because that's about the level of physics. Like there's there's an idea of physics exists in this, and then they take it in very weird directions that couldn't possibly work. So. No, I think I think they, they they might have started out with like, well, what would happen if the moon got closer? How would that affect? And they read loads of stuff, and then they went, oh, this is actually really boring. Let's just make it yeah. like knock some <laughs> yeah. trees over and make yeah. a car fly. Do you know this? This probably has its origins in one of those YouTube videos where someone asked that question, and like a scientist very patiently laid out how it wouldn't actually do that much. That probably is where it started, and they looked it up and went, oh, well, well, that fucking sucks. Like, no, the reason that this started is because Roland Emmerich hates humanity. <laughs> He's only it's a pattern in his films he only really seems to make films in which you can view humanity suffer for any number of reasons it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because so they voted for Trump suffers. <laughs> well, mm. <laughs> you're saying this is his Trump kickback film is, is reprisal 
I mean, I, mean, I can I mean, see well, it. He's a he's a weird he DNC liberal, so. He was absolutely in favour of you know um, depicting things which were nine eleven esque before nine eleven. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe true. he definitely. I mean, like you know, this is a moment I'm going to whip out his Wikipedia page because his personal life is interesting. So, like, a bit of a detour. Emmerich owns houses across the globe, as a good liberal does, in like Los Angeles, New York City, London, and Stuttgart. Um, he likes to decorate his homes in a self-described outlandish manner, which is when you know you're in for a treat. Mm. Adorning them with rare Hollywood memorabilia, murals and portraits of dictators and communist figures, and World War II militaria. Doesn't mm-hmm. specify which side. Um, yeah. <laughs> Emmerich's when extensive he says, like When he says obscure Hollywood stuff, does he have that like fucking waxwork Stallone that popped up on well, Twitter the other day? No, it's it's more cursed than that. No. Bizarrely, it's a bunch of costumes from Indiana Jones films. Uh, they're they're no. all quite matching, though. Don't ask what kind of costumes. Again, like he probably does have like the original version of those uh, kicking around. Um, yeah, come at us, Emmerich. Anyway, um, but he he's got this. Emmerich's extensive collection of artwork includes a painting of Jesus Christ wearing a Catherine Hemnet style T-shirt during his crucifixion. Prints of Alison Jackson's works of a Princess Diana lookalike, making obscene gestures and engaging in sex acts. A wax sculpture of Pope John Paul II laughing as he reads his own obituary. And a photoshopped image of Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad in a homoerotic pose. So he's just uh, filled his house with shit posts, basically. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, but it's lib shit posts. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, like ah, oh, yeah. It's Ahmadinejad. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in defense of him, like Emmerich himself is gay and openly so. So you know, there's no. Like... Uh, says here that he held a fundraiser for Hillary Clinton, so he can fuck off and die. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I just want to make clear that he's not coming to this from a homophobic angle. He's just coming for, to this from a deeply weird guy kind of angle. To be perfectly front. Um, but anyway, so so like you know that that's like this is the guy behind the fucking film and. Somehow I have a suspicion that, like, his composer is perhaps even more weird, but sadly I wasn't able to find out a huge amount about him when I went Why do you think his composer is weird? The music in this film was, like, nothing. It was just, like, really Because the, com- really the composer, the composer wrote it. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, so as I, <laughs> Wait, as I said earlier, what? Emmerich, like, so Spencer Cohen did the first draft of a script, and I bet you it had all that kind of weirdness dialogue baked in from the start. And then yeah. Emmerich and his longtime collaborator, ha- uh, Harold Closer, were the ones who rewrote it, as best I can tell. And Harold Closer did the lion's share, I think, on top of Spencer Cohen's work. And Harold Closer, I'm really confident, added all the divorced shit into it. Right, like, so that's why that the music was shit then, because the composer was do- was doing bad dialogue. Yeah, he had too many <laughs> letters on his keyboard for writing, and that's fucking yeah. all the music. He's only supposed to have seven. <laughs> Man, I'm just uh, I'm just now picturing like a fucking Lovecraftian kind of score where it demands you play a J. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so so yeah, so they they have this whole subplot where basically they go. Age. <laughs> 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 um so they, they, they have the whole subplot they meet back up with um you know 
protagonist kid's, uh, you know, mother, his divorced partner. And this is kind of important because they're there with divorced dad. And there's this whole subplot of the, the atmosphere is getting stripped away by the moon as it comes closer. And the air is getting thin, which means they need oxygen to survive. So they steal a bunch of oxygen masks, high-speed chase, like jerk-off motions happening here. Um, there's this end sequence, um, while the others are doing the actual, like, major part of the plot, where they basically are like, oh, we need to get out and walk the rest of the way. Let's get up into that tunnel through the mountain. We'll be safe there. Like, it's not going to fly apart when the moon goes over. And um, long story short, Divorced Dad gets taken the fuck out. Like, really, like, just well and truly dead, dead. And um, it's all kind of inexplicable unless you come at it from the perspective that there is some fucking wish fulfillment going on here because the end of the film has it set up where the divorced dad is now the savior of humanity and the uh you know his ex's like you know new bay has been completely taken out so uh he's in there kind of shit going on and um i'd lay that squarely at the feet squarely at the feet of harold closer i, I Just... disagree because the same thing happens in independence day and i don't think he was involved in writing that mm. Oh, I God, don't think I've seen any of this guy's films apart from Stargate. Which Star is obviously Stargate. good. Yeah, Stargate's Star probably his best work. Like. Mm. The James Spadel, so I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, like, th th this whole bit, though, leads up to that end scene where we get the moon is going to help us. That's mm. <laughs> just... Yeah, basically, kid gets pinned under a tree, moon flies overhead, reduces gravity so they can lift the tree and the kid gets out. And right before they, they do that, the line is, the moon can help us. Also, I've missed an entire fucking character in this. There's the yep. Chinese market insert, which I've completely forgotten about. Oh, yeah. and I, Yeah, I, she's I in love... it for no reason, that's why. Oh, what, is well, she a nanny or something? No, she, she's oh. a fucking exchange student. Uh, a very normal and relatable thing that people can just go, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm down with that. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah. so like they the genuinely didn't have a fucking active proper role to put the Chinese insert in. Okay. Uh, fucking like production box. So yeah, good job. so the, the way that the way the crowbar are in is our deputy director of NASA, Jacinda Fowler, needs a needs a nanny, so she lets this exchange shouldn't stay in exchange for help around the house seems to be the subtext when they're first introduced you're like oh is this like a lesbian relationship or something going on no it's not it's just she's there and um that is the way in which they insert the chinese like character into the film um uh, it sounds like a kind of weird way to put that like oh it's like it's an exchange student, but it could be a lesbian relationship the reason you don't know is because neither character interacts with the other other than saying words at each other like it, it's so fucking deadpan a performance. There's nothing it's to really, it at all. It's really, it's it's really weird. And like when they're first together, it's like the way they're talking to each other. You feel like, oh, this feels kind of domestic. Is for someone, and it's no, it's just it's really badly written. And it, there's this is so like, few you know, clues to pull anything from to yeah. make anything make sense. Genuinely, Every single we line were, of dialogue is so fucking bad. All genuinely, of it, the entire film. Gen, genuinely, we were just sitting there for a good five ten minutes as this was unfolding, trying to figure out what their relationship to each other was, because it was just really weirdly staged. And it turns out the relationship is, uh, we need a famous Chinese actress to put in this film so we can get Chinese investment money for it and access to the Chinese markets. That's it. There was, that, also, that is... there was also some stuff about how China had like built a thing for them. 
that oh, they could yeah. use to fix the moon or something, wasn't it? They, they, they've got this stereotypical, <laughs> like, ah, oh, yes, and President Xi has saved us by sending some, <laughs> you know, uh, sending some tech our way. To like, be fair, ha- President Xi would sort it out. <laughs> well, it's like, so in addition to the space shuttle, which is old school, they have modern tech, which is like some kind of, like, fucking iron cannon propelled space fighter thing. And uh, it's Chinese made. That's yeah. where that came from. They send that across. So the actual modern future tech is from China. You inexplicably give it to the Americans rather than fucking launch it themselves. All right. Um, and like that, that ends up helping. But yeah, that's like that's their crowbar bits on how you know how is the Chinese market involved in this? Please allow us to show our film, President Xi. We love you. Yeah. Um, China, China couldn't fly the spaceship themselves because they're too busy. Like fucking, do you know what I mean? Preventing COVID, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if that had been a line in the film, then I would have bought it, just given how weird this film is, frankly. But anyway. Um, so yeah, so so that's that's a whole subtext of, like, um, you know, ah, the divorced dad is going to, you know, get back together with the wife again, sort of thing. And that's, like, one of the divorce plot threads. The other one is um, the fucking military is going to launch nukes at the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 they're going to nuke the moon. <laughs> yeah, but they have I mean, to wait until the moon gets into the atmosphere. Yeah, that's where you want the nukes to be. Yeah. Don't think about it. Just just don't think about it. It's okay, everyone. Don't think about that it. That was that was genuinely my favourite bit in the whole film though, where they're about to launch the nukes and like the fucking guy pulls his key out of the thing and then pulls a gun on the rest of the army because he's like, No, I believe in my wife. <laughs> yeah, she so she's the that's the what you call it, um ex wife Jamie, gotta remember that. She's the deputy director of nasa and she's like you've got to make sure they don't launch the nukes and they get to the key scene and then like jamie says he pulls his fucking gun out and like holds up the entire launch room at gunpoint um refusing to hand over his key while there are like two dozen heavily armed men and a bunch of generals right there rifles pointed at him like you know it's it's, yeah, it's a very sh- strange what if they shot at him and hit the key i know that would be it they wouldn't be able to launch the nukes it would all be over yeah <laughs> They'd have to call a locksmith, and the fucking rates for them outside of ours is just terrible. Like, uh, well, you do get to see the entirety of U.S. Central Command get fucking buried by like a cave-in, though, and he's the only survivor because he was backing out the door at the time, uh, you know, waving his gun while holding the launch key. So, yeah, you know, okay. really, I, I missed that. Yeah, I missed I, that as well. I must have been, I must have been too engrossed. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so yeah, so that, that's like the two divorce plots happening down on Earth. Um, maybe he'll get back together with her because he's done the good thing and had belief and faith in her where previously she established that he didn't and that's why they split up sort of thing. So it's like, okay, right, we get the theme. Um, and that's kind of like, so that's all the stuff that's not on Wikipedia unless I've missed anything worth commenting on. Oh, well, you missed, the, there's another, there's like another bit where they talk about our amazing friends at SpaceX who have, give, have given oh. us so much help <laughs> and Elon Musk is the best. Oh, uh, Lila, you've got to hurt me like this. I, <laughs> I genuinely blocked all that out. I can't remember what the context is, but there's like a really long drawn out yeah. conversation where they're like... Yeah, it's on the it's in it's in the NASA control room of a launch pad. They're talking about how their friends at SpaceX had supplied you know tech at short notice and all that kind of shit. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk personally awful. gets as many plaudits in this as the entire nation of China. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that he bankrolled it? This is the film that was like inhumanely expensive and then flopped because like something some stupid comedy came out at the same time, right? 
I mean, I, I think it I, flopped because it's a bad film, Lila. I'm going to yeah. be real with you. <laughs> um, <but laughs> was it the I, thing I, with the, the comedy at the same time, or was that something else? Because that, that rings a bell. I'm going to... Um... Not not an evil moon bell, I'll grant you. <laughs> <laughs> That's genuinely a bit in it. Uh I'll just um, say, for the record, I don't think Elon Musk paid to be in this film. I think it's just that one of the writers is that kind of guy. I like, think... oh yeah, he doesn't need to have like this kind of shit active anymore. Like, he's got people who will just do it. Like the fucking the the way that comic relief character is written, he's written as an epic bacon character. Oh there's, yeah, there's nothing awful. else for it. Absolutely so I am, awful. I am I am fairly prepared to put money down betting that Spencer Cohen is a fucking epic bacon bacon redditor kind of loves Aye. Elon Musk kind of guy. Either that, or he studied their character and thought, "Oh, this is this is funny and like will be good if we put it in the film." So, uh, which is almost Reddit's, more of a sin. Reddit is honestly the website that has done more harm to media than any other that I can think of. <laughs> it's between this fucking film and season two of. Uh, fuck what's it called again season two of westworld when they changed the entire fucking season just because someone oh, read yeah, it figured yeah. it out <laughs> didn't well, that happen with lost as well i think that's happened lost with never a had a plot. Uh, i'm sorry i'm detour here lost never had a plot it never had a fucking plot it was it always it did i had one every season yeah well this is the thing like that i am firmly convinced that the writer for Lost was doing with his mystery box bullshit was basically going, the mystery is the point. And he was just steering towards no, vagaries. No, You see, because at the end, it turns out they're in like, uh, they're in uh, a sort of place that is neither heaven nor hell, but so, some sort of waiting period where you, you like, you stay before you go to heaven or hell. Oh, uh, legally in the moon. Di- It's legally distinct <laughs> from, uh, from fucking purgatory. Because someone on Reddit said, "Are they just in purgatory when the what, during the first episode?" I think. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate Lost. It's so bad. Like, Jabrams, Jabrams, Abrams. Yeah, I, I never fucking watched it because from the very first episode. Oh, you should watch it, it right? Because like at the end, like you know, the main character is like Jack Shepard, right? And at the end, his dad, his dad's ghost comes to lead everyone to heaven, and his dad's name is Christian Shepard. Oh no! Yeah, I wish I was fucking kidding. Oh no! Yes. Oh I, I, I can, no! I concede defeat, Jamie. Like you win. Like that. That is so bad. It was clearly planned from day one, and I hate it. Oh. Uh, I stopped watching Lost because I got bored, but now I wish I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Lost, what the fuck was the plot of this again? The moon. Uh, the moon. Let's get back moon. to the moon. Yeah, the okay. Evil. The dumbest shit in this film is happening on the moon at this point. Yes, it is. So um, so basically, they, they launch to the moon using the moon's gravity to get them close. Okay? Um, and this is where the Wikipedia article picks back up, missing all the rest of it because no one cares. Um, they reach no, I mean, to be t- fair, we, we, we paid good money to see this for the moon. We don't give a shit about what's happening on Earth. Fuck the, yeah. fuck the Earth. So um, they reach the interior now of the moon. you're thinking with Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, so they get on the, the Muna, like, you know, it's, it's meant to be some kind of Muna lander, but it's basically like ion cannon and ion propelled kind of like future tech Chinese thing. And they fly down the giant, uh, you know, shaft into the moon. Um, 
and they reach the interior of the moon, and would you fucking believe it? It's a mega structure powered by a white a white dwarf star at its center. Powered by a wife guy, mm. correct? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, that's where my brain was going. And I had to like correct myself. <laughs> what I what I love about this is they have that bit where they like they've got like a fucking like electric car with them as well for some reason, and they're gonna put the the big electric bomb in the electric car. And then, because the the thing the the tentacles attack like batteries or electronics, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, so right, they, the, the, they put the, the EMP in the electric car and then leave it floating above the crater. But then the, the big tentacle arm comes out and just goes, "No, I don't like that." And comes after them because like it actually chases electronics when they're next to like a biological signature. Yeah. And like fucking uh, Game of Thrones guy left his phone turned on. So they oh, smash yeah. them. They smash the phone, and then they sm- also smash the device used to detonate it at a distance, the bomb. But then, mysteriously, it works later. It's very, like, shoddy writing. Anyway, um, so they, they pick up the bomb um, after that swarm fucks off, and then they go back down the hole and find, yeah. oh, it's a megastructure. Um, yeah, oh, wow. He, he's so good, he can fly the spaceship without the electronics. Yeah, also, this is fantastic. The... Um, so the Wikipedia article, again, just elides whole sections of the plot because the guy writing this has clearly thrown it in. Um, so what actually happens is they have this whole sequence where they're going to, like, you know, they're evading the um, fucking, like, m- you know, monster tentacles coming after them when they are captured by some kind of tractor beam and pulled into a hangar which closes and shuts out the, a- the like, you know, AI monster. It's, and not go- a, it's not a tractor beam. The the spaceship goes on, like, autopilot. Okay. Because there's a bit where they go, like, oh, you're flying this really well. And he's like, it's not me. And he, like, takes his hands off the steering wheel. You know, the way, like, your dad would, like, fucking do when you were, when you're, like, driving somewhere as a kid. Do you know what I mean? Just suddenly take his hands off the steering wheel, just, like, make your mother panic. <laughs> I hate how relatable that is, Jamie. <laughs> my dad once did that. Like he's dead now, so fucking. My dad once did that going ninety on the motorway. Mm-hmm. Did rock? Yeah, they do. <laughs> <sighs> While Abba was blaring, I think that explains a lot about me as an adult. Anyway, um, what song was it? Ah, uh, Dancing triple. Queen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> me and my mate went to get fucking uh, pizza. Like we were around at his house and we went up to concert to pick up a pizza one Saturday night when we were teenagers mm. and um, his car was knackered so we took his mum's car and the uh-huh. only tape the only tape in the car was the Abba's Greatest Hits so we drove through the middle of concert Front Street while all the piss heads were out with the windows down and like Abba blaring like at full volume just like waving <laughs> at all the guys as we went past like people started throwing <laughs> bottles and shit it was great <laughs> Can't, I mean I, I must admit I've got a soft spot for Abba Probably because of this, like, you know, like Stockholm syndrome kind of response to every time we got in the car, Abba would be playing. Yeah, they so. are Swedish. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> the moon. Yeah, I do the like moon. I, the moon. I, I want to I take a side. <laughs> I want to take a sidebar just to say that I like that David went to Super Trooper purely because it has the lyric, I called you last night from Glasgow in it. So like, a little bit of Scot- Scottish representation there. Anyway. No, that's not why. It's just one of the ones that I know and like. All right, fair. Get okay. it up, you. I, <laughs> don't, all right, I don't dare ascribe Scottishness to me. <laughs> <laughs> Miss yeah, me with that shit. 
<laughs> no, I think it was a direct hit, actually. Um, I will say, like, this tells you everything you need to know about my dad, by the way. His favourite song was Money, Money, Money by fucking, uh, what do you call it, ABBA. And if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about him, I don't know what else can. Um, anyway, so, Moon, right? Uh, there are no Swedish... become a favourite pastime in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Do you think they actually so, yeah. meant, like, robbing shops or, like, playing the loot? <laughs> could just be could just be an unrelated piece of like in, incidental information let's ask like, n- let's ask noted englishman kc houseman what the truth is <laughs> he's too busy with nasa <laughs> but not just because like fucking roland emmerich doesn't like I, I assume he's never traveled like just based purely on the fucking like foreign nation scenes in independence day like at the end when one of the spaceship crashes and there's literally a bunch of tribes people with spears looking at it and it's like really where where the fuck did that crash mate in the 1600s <laughs> so the ai drags them oh sorry the um the strange not tractor being computer control thing drags them into this hangar and shuts the door and the like rogue ai monster pounds on the door but can't get in and they're like oh spoilers uncon- we don't know it's an ai yet oh fucking get ready we um, do though yeah we kind of do um, so they wake no, up to we find don't, the... we don't until the, until the fucking time cube ghost explains it to... No, because there's an absolutely insane bit at the start where Halle Berry has one of her blinding lines where she's like, this is all of our worst fears about AI. And it's like, I don't think anyone's fear of AI is that it's going to take over the moon. Like, that's, <laughs> that's an absolutely deranged comment. And that's said quite early on. <laughs> okay, so I'm digging down the deep here to try and get through this next bit because it's sure something. Um, so they wake up to find the protagonist is gone, and then they follow through to find him. He's like kneeling in this beam of light like thing, getting his brain probed by the moon. Because you find out the mega structure's AI, there's a separate AI that runs the mega structure of the moon, which constructs like an image of his, what is it, his, his, his wife oh, no. or daughter? It's his son. It's his son. son. Yes, by me. What the hell are you? The operating system of your moon. Of the moon. (laughs) 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 What I love about this is oh, it's Cortana. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) They have they have that scene where they explain how the the like spiky fucking dude AI like killed all the all the humans that weren't really humans in space. I, I think, think that was another moment where I messaged David in absolute fury. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find what it was is they pissed off Alexa and she started, decided to get her revenge because yeah, it shows you, like, the, the whole premise is that humans actually existed uh, all throughout the, the galaxy slash universe and uh, one day their AI got pissed off and went rogue and it illustrates this by showing, like, a, a child's bedside Alexa with a strange, like, small version of the, like, nanobot cloud thing like violently breaking its enclosure and then coming out and joining together with an ominous cloud of the things and basically like this whole thing is um the ai started murdering all these like prehistoric literally humans um and so the humans decided to build like an ark um to like carry their genetic code and terraform a suitable world no 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 not terraform it shows you this it literally fucking creates the earth Mm-hmm. Is that not forming a terror, David? <laughs> no, that's not what that means, and you know that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so um, the moon built the Earth. 
which is even dumber than any other fucking potential <laughs> reason for this to happen. It's the... Oh. Yeah, and then, what, I, what I was going to say was, they make a big deal about how the AI, like, becomes self-aware and, like, and starts killing people. But then, like... And and that the the tentacle thing is just one of those AIs that's come to Earth looking for the moon or some shit. But if it's if it's intelligent and self aware, why does it only attack? Why is it? They keep saying it's programmed to only attack things that have biological signatures and electronic signatures. And Whereas, why like, isn't surely why it isn't, could just look in the window and see there's some people in there and go, yeah, I'm gonna fuck that up. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but but that's also like asking why isn't the moon's AI evil? Well, because it's just the operating system. It's not an well, AI. No, it's, it's benevolent. I'm pretty sure they actually use the word benevolent AI. I, I know, it's just so good. So uh, the Alexas we all used, they were evil AI, but the Moon's AI is benevolent AI. Oh, my God. Anyway. It's just, it's just the, the, the evil, crusty doll switch. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically... They they're, running the on, they're running on different operating systems. This is going to be Nick's favourite fucking film. <laughs> what operating system does the moon run run on uh your divorce you know the child of your divorced marriage anyway um so they built the moon as a space ark to seed life on earth but the swarm one of the malicious ais discovered the moon and is siphoning energy from its power source destabilizing its orbit don't think it, i know it's powered by a white dwarf star don't think about it right yeah but it's literally um, hugging the big orb and that makes yeah. it like makes the orb sad and then the moon falls out of the sky because that's how so, that's how science works, kids. So the thing is, if they kill the swarm, power will be restored to the moon, and the moon's AI will move it back into proper orbit, and everything will be saved. So that's you know how the plot's going to work here. And to facilitate this, they give the protagonist, um, you know, white Mick haircut, like mil- military NASA dude, a uh, whose name I can't fucking remember, Brian Harper. That's it. They give him a fucking Neo esque download upgrade to help him fly better, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to get in the electric car with the bomb and then, like, personally fucking, like, kick shit out of the fucking space worm when it tries to eat him. But and they also then, like, fucking upgrade Game the bomb. Of, yeah, but then Game of Thrones guy gets in the electric car instead and says, says no, the people of Earth need your moon knowledge. Yes, I remember, yes! <laughs> and they have a whole scene of everyone, all my life people have thought I was a joke, but you tell them, you tell them I'm not, and it's like... Yeah. You tell them I'm a serious man who says things like moon knowledge. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moon pie. It really is the future. <laughs> so, uh, time to be alive. Yeah. So they, they go, they, they fly around to attract the swarm's attention, leading it in the path of grounded ships with guns built on them, which like blow fuck out of it to begin with, to weaken it. And then they fly up the tunnel to get away. And as we're flying out the moon, Houseman gets in the back jettison bit with the bomb, jettisons himself, and when it when the swarm catches up and eats him, he detonates it, destroying himself and the swarm. He, the says, sc- he says something to it first, though, doesn't he? But I can't remember what. <sighs> Please, anyone. No, I, I don't re- have that one. It, it was I uh, it just being a totally dog shit line. I yeah. don't know. Some there is somebody that says you're part of the moon now to somebody else. Oh, well, we're getting to that. We get. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. So, oh, like, boom. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he blows himself up, and meanwhile they escape the moon, which is still close enough to the Earth that their ship, when it exits, it can do the parachute thing, and like they they bail out and fall back to Earth, and they happen to land in Colorado, uh, right next to you know where the the others are, you know, getting out of the tunnel and all the rest of it. So hey, the moon is saved. But then we cut to. Um, I'm, I'm actually like 
going on Amazon Prime now to look at Moonfall because I want to know what the fuck he said when that like tentacle got in the car with him. <laughs> well, fair enough. Meanwhile, Houseman reappears in the moon's operating system like white area and the operating system appears to him as his cat, Fuzz Aldrin, and his mother um, remarking, go on, David, have you got the drop? Am I still alive? We scanned your consciousness. You're part of the moon now. <laughs> and he looks so ecstatic at the thought that he's part of the moon now. Oh. And then the film ends with the moon saying, ah, now we must get started. And he goes, get started with what? End film, cliffhanger. Dun, 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 sequel. I hope that it's get started with killing everyone with tentacles again. <laughs> that was the, the best thing about the film. Oh, okay, well, I can explain why no one remembers what he said, because it was shit. He just went, you underestimated us, and then he sets the bomb off. Yeah, uh, I, I, it was fucking... Abs- absolutely, like, just disappointing stuff from the people who gave us moon terror. <laughs> <laughs> fucking moon they, knowledge. They, it, 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 honestly, it feels like this film was written by, like, two divorced guys and, like, a fucking failed child who's, like, getting therapy by having the failed child, like, save the world kind of thing. It's, it's a very weird film. It's a very bad film. It's a very bad film. Yeah. Would you like yeah. to hear the opinions of some people who thought it was actually a very good film? Oh my oh, goodness! Right yes. Go on. I, I like <laughs> I like hearing sponsored content. David, go ahead. These are these are three separate five star reviews that I found on just on Google on the because for some reason you can review films on Google. Were they just reviewing the cinema? Like, did they get confused? No, no. These are outright. <laughs> these are definitely the film. So, first one, just a nice little short bit. Approaching its topic with just the right mix of seriousness and (laughs) self-awareness. There was nothing self-aware about this film. I found it to be a compelling film. It plays off the tropes of the disaster movie genre and much of the character dynamic is fairly standard, but for what it is, it is exemplary. Is that signed by H. Closer by any chance? <laughs> right, this is this is a longer one, but it's every sentence tells you so much about whoever the fuck it was that wrote this. Oh no! With everything going on with the pandemic, it's time we get an action-packed, earth-destroying epic movie. <laughs> Commentaria. moonfall is a non-stop thrill ride of improbable possibilities surrounding the moon i don't like this when i I I genuinely i I genuinely got confused for a second there because i thought you said non-stop instead of (laughs) (laughs) non-stop nonsense Uh. um I, I gotta and, say, I don't like it when David finds a guy. This is deeply unsettling. <laughs> In the spirit of Armageddon, Deep Impact, 2012, Greenland, and Don't Look Up. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Wow. C- comes oh, another wow. film with a promise of destroying the planet. <laughs> <laughs> this is a scenic heavy movie, best seen on an IMAX screen. As for the story, it's about the moon falling to Earth. It's a simple story with phenomenal scenery and action that looks like they hired the people that worked on the Fast and Furious series. (laughs) (laughs) 
This would have been this would have been so much better if the solution to the like the moon terror was to have Jason Statham just go up there and kick fuck out of it. <laughs> do you know what I'm finding myself wanting? I want someone to do like a cinema showing of this film to this guy, double billing of Moonfall and Melancholia by Lars von Trier. Like I feel like that would be the perfect double bill. Just would absolutely capture the yin yang spirit of this review. Carry on, David. Also. You will know what a mega structure is in great detail by the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're not ready for the next line. Sometimes, sometimes the dialogue is interesting, but you really don't care what they're talking about. I'm gonna fucking pass out. Oh my god. Um Besides, several characters repeat most of what's said throughout the film. <laughs> this is a five-star review. <laughs> as usual, the human spirit is highlighted as world leaders come together to try and fix the moon's orbital problem. And <laughs> Hell. Let's join hands and fix the moon. Everywhere. They made it sound like the moon can't get a boner. <laughs> I've got fucking hiccups now, David. Thank you very much. And true to That'll human the moon, nature, that <laughs> better give me and some moon terror to cure them. And true to human nature, crimes are happening globally until people realise <laughs> what was the point if the planet is destroyed. Oh. I, uh. <laughs> I think crimes are only happening in Britain anyway yeah. <laughs> Un- unless it is the instrument they're talking about yeah <laughs> that's a kind of crime yes uh, <laughs> needless to say there are still tons of sci-fi action and stupid one-liners that I'm sure will flood social media with memes from this very quotable movie Mm-mm. I can't say much about Moonfall's overall plot without spoiling it. Still, <laughs> I can let you know it is a fun film that's visually exciting to look at with a premise they try really, really hard to convince you that the reason behind the moon falling is an entirely rational and explainable concept. What? Okay. Yeah, this is this is okay. passed through. Like we passed through the howling rapids of just what the fuck, and we're now in the quiet, still, tranquil lands of is this guy okay? We're actually that... at the end. We're at the end of one more sentence here. Okay. So don't see moonfall, expecting to see something other than global destruction and the moon falling. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, yeah. I don't even think the moon does really fall. It like goes into bits, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it 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 comes closer. They could have called it moon closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the bit in there, the bit in there where he says like, you know, they try to like rationally explain everything. That's that's something that kind of bugged me about the film. Is like mm-hmm. they they have that bit where like you know like like say Halle Berry's now only second in command of NASA for the 6 minutes it takes her boss to fuck off just to just look, oh the moon's the moon's an alien is it right fuck you and then just resign 
and she gets to be like in charge and they could have just gone in the 10 years like since since the thing happened she's now the boss of nasa but but that would seem that would seem too convenient so instead a boss has to like be there for a minute and then resign but at the same time at the same time the the main guy like figures out how to let nasa know that the moon's coming like closer because his cat pisses on a newspaper <laughs> like so so Right, that's not why they did that with with her. The reason they did that with her was so that upon becoming director, she could go then find out the Moon Extended Universe backstory and share it with the audience because the audience would be learning it as she learned it. Whereas if she was director, she would already know it. That's why they wrote it that way. And yes, it's stupid. No, I don't believe it. Otherwise, Donald Sutherland couldn't have baited Lila into watching this film. Yep. (laughs) They could have just... They could have just done the thing from Independence Day where the president goes like, well, there's no such thing as Area 51. And then the fucking CIA guy goes, well, <laughs> yeah, actually, funny well, story. Uh, yeah, well, actually, the uh, the co-writer for Independence Day is not on this film, can you tell? Mm. Also, uh, Lila, you'll enjoy this. Just on Wikipedia, I looked at the starring list and it's got Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley, Michael Pena, Charlie Plummer, Kelly Yu. And then Donald Sutherland is right at the fucking it's, bottom. This, I'm being gaslit. This is absolutely... <laughs> he's, he's, he's lower on the starring list than the inserted Chinese market demographic. Yeah, right but higher up, than, higher up than his two seconds of screen time suggests. <laughs> I'm going to sue the studio for emotional damages. <laughs> right, I have one last review to close this off. Oh, go on. I love a movie that sparks new thoughts and ideology. If, if, it, had just, if it had just stopped after movie yeah. there, that would have yeah. been the greatest fucking review ever. I love yeah. a movie. Five stars. I love a movie that sparks new thoughts and ideology. The moon dust is yeah. full of ideology. Okay. I, I, love, I love a movie that makes me smell burning. <laughs> Aside the learning experience, this is a good movie with great cast who didn't miss their acts. Now, I'm not going to... I, I don't believe English is the first language on this one, but the points are really the salient things that we're looking at here. Okay, okay, for, we'll give it a for and I'm just I'm going to read it out as it is, though. For and Moon pioneered artificial intelligence movie that is this perfect, I think the production crew deserve an Oscar. They also brought in names of inventors and inventions like Elon <laughs> Musk, SpaceX, uh. refueling a space shuttle by already created shuttles hanging around the Earth. Something we all can relate with, unlike ancient landmarks we have no ideas of. <laughs> they did a really good job of leveraging <laughs> contemporary society to make the, mo- the movie more believable. Sure, got it. Carry on. Oh no, that that is all. That is all. Oh, okay. Uh, that is that is the kind of guy that like leans over to his girlfriend in the cinema when Thor appears and goes, "That's Thor." <laughs> <laughs> Hammer's called Miljon. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, downright dog shit. The movie. Um, don't yeah. see it. This fucking shite. Uh, yeah, bad. You should watch did, Nope instead. I was extra angry about it because I watched Nope not that long ago, which is actually a good disaster film about a big alien that eats everything. I, I want to see that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's very this, good. 
We're doing this new thing on Podcasting's Practice where we'll occasionally do a film that's actually good. So who knows? Maybe in like 2024, we'll like review Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the next the next good thing we're going to review will be Justified. Yeah. I'm, Finally. Back, I'm, I'm actually watching it. I've now I've back to watching episodes I haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. I'm nearly finished season that's, three. That's the way Almost to get to the through. halfway point. <laughs> I know. Well, it took some fucking time to get here. So it will be happening, but we'll get there eventually. Um, take this time to finally watch it if you haven't already, and you'll probably you still know, get there at the end before I do. I mean, definitely watch um, definitely watch Justified. Do you know what I've been doing the past few days, actually, which has made me incoherently angrier in a way I didn't think possible at Joss Whedon? No. Um... <laughs> Alex, Alex has sat me down. I'm not an anime guy. I don't like. I don't watch anime generally. But Alex has sat me down and said we should watch Cowboy Bebop, and I went. Oh, it's so good. It's very good. Yeah. It's like extremely good. Um, like genuinely, it's been as Jamie would say, all killer, no no filler, all the way through so far. Is that and, something uh, I would say? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't I think I've ever said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's very very good. And watching it, I'm just sitting there going. Fuck me, Joss Whedon's a hack. He's got no original ideas in his head whatsoever. Because um, I've just re- now I'm this is like a cultural touchstone I've been missing, and I'm now seeing it Fred Fruner in society. And without Cowboy Bebop, there is no fucking Serenity and no fucking Firefly before it, and none of the tedious nerd bullshit that I had to deal with in like the two thousands off the back of that shit. So uh, yeah. Okay, but has, the, has the creator of Cowboy Bebop ever worked as a lifeguard? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Okay, I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Lila, you want to yeah. plug anything? What do I want to plug? Um, follow me on Twitter at LeechWifey. I imagine everybody who listens to this does already. Um, that's probably it. <laughs> Cool. And also, like you know, invest invest in SpaceX and ask yourself, what would Elon do? Yeah. And mm. if you would like to join the Elon tier on our Patreon, you can find us at www.patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of uh, space shit, uh, tune in to our stream and or send in stream. You take your pick um, tonight presuming this is released on time, uh, to see a big game of Stellaris. There's like eight fucking people in there, I think, including myself, Jamie, and Alistair. And that's going to take place at six o'clock on our stream, on Sun stream, have a look about the different points of view, etc. So, yeah. Um, come I'm going to watch. I'm going to be there in the chat bullying everyone that isn't a mushroom. Excellent. I am I am rooting for whoever tries to implement arachno-communism. <laughs> That would be Ben, I reckon. Ben, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so yeah, uh, check out there. And uh, yeah, just, yeah, you know the links, you know the fucking shit. Read the show notes, see the Twitter. It's all there. Uh, Bye, fuck off. Go to the moon. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Bye.